Hey, it's Deborah Adams, and you're listening to the Everyday Christlike Podcast, where we focus on representing Christ each and every day. Be blessed as you listen. Good afternoon, or good morning, good evening, depending on where you are and what time of day you're listening to this. This is Deborah Adams, and I am sharing with you today from a lesson called Nuts and Bolts. Um, We had a really great women's event that we were pulling together, actually two different groups of women, um, one from the Dallas area and another one from out of state, and we decided we wanted to pull them together and see if we couldn't share and encourage them in the Word of God, help them to grow and understand their value as women of God, and as I was searching and seeing seeking out kind of what they were interested in learning about, um, most of them were really wanting to know about relationship and how to build um, better marriages, how to build better relationships with those that some of them were dating, some were married, some were single and hoping to be married, you know. Um, So that was the topic that they wanted. As I prayerfully approached this, I wanted to make sure that there was going to be a way that we could bring these two groups together. What I was envisioning and what would have been like the saddest thing to me is, um, you know, the group from the Texas area sitting on one side of the room and the group from out of state being on the other side of the room, each knowing the people within their group, but never having an opportunity to cross over and get to know new sisters in the Lord. And that's kind of a risky thing to do. So I began to pray and just ask God, you know, give me an icebreaker, give me something that I can do to pull these women together. And not only, he is so faithful because not only did he give me this really cool icebreaker, um, but he also used it to help me uh, in an object lesson for what we were going to be talking about, which was love and respect. Um, so I'm going to try and describe it to you, and um, I'm hoping that even without the visual, um, you'll be able to get the point of this. So the lesson became known as Nuts and Bolts, and um, what I did was I took went to the local hardware store, my Home Depot or Lowe's, to throw in a commercial, I guess, for them, and I bought um, different size bolts with matching nuts to screw onto them. So we had all these different sizes um, there. And then I separated the nuts and bolts and put um, each of them into little baggies. And as the women entered, I had all of the women from the Texas area select a a bolt from out of this bag. So they each had, you know, some had fat ones, some had skinny ones, some had short ones, some had long ones. And I had pre-counted them so that I knew that when I had the out-of-state ladies 
pick the bolts out of the bag that there would actually be a match on the floor, you know, for this. Um, so that's what I did. I had the out-of-state ladies pick the bolts out of the bag. And then I gave them a few minutes to walk around the room, exchange names, and see um, if they couldn't find the nuts and bolts that went together. That way, we were pairing off, and it resulted in a really positive outcome because everyone from the Texas um, area was paired off with someone from another state, and so they were with people that they didn't necessarily know, which was, it turned out to be a lot of fun. So um, that was how it became known as Nuts and Bolts. Then what we started to do was just kind of get into the lesson, and we're going to talk about marriage just because I've been married for almost 40 years now, and it's in easier thing to talk about. So you've got your husband and wife. One represents the bolt and the other represents the nut. And each tool, each item has a purpose, but they only work together and fully function as they're designed to function when they are working in tandem with one another. So if you're putting together a bicycle um, and you put the bolt through the hole to hold the frame to the seat, let's say, the bolt will work, but you need something to secure it on there to make sure that the bolt doesn't slip out and that the frame and the seat come apart. So that was the the premise of what we were talking about was how you have a bolt and it can do a function, but to be fully um, capable of doing all that it is designed to do and holding that bicycle securely together, it needs the nuts to be able to screw on there and it needs the right size. Obviously, it's not going to work if they don't match and they're not the right size. Um, So what we began to talk about and to learn was in relationships, when you have um, love, you need respect to go along with it. And when you have respect, you need love to go along with it, that they are actually two different things. And a lot of times in marriage and um, when you're dating or when you're interested in becoming married, uh, you know, getting to know someone better, we sort of overlap those two things and we think that they are, um, they're the same thing. We also know from lots of studies, tendencies are that in order for a husband or a man to feel fulfilled and to be able to just be the most comfortable in a relationship. It is in a relationship where they are shown a lot of respect. And in the the woman is more apt to lean towards the emotions that go along with showing love. Ephesians 5.22 
talks about this a lot, talks about how a woman needs to be loved and nurtured, that the husband is to cover her and wash her with the word and take care of her emotional state and guard her. And as her husband, as her covering um, to love her, as he loves himself. And we're all pretty good at loving ourselves and taking care of ourselves, but the husband has been tasked to love the wife to that level, to the level that he loves himself. And then the Bible talks about how the wife then is to honor and respect her husband. So I wanted to just take a few minutes to look at what is respect, what is love, how are they the same, how are they different, and then also, you know, in everyday Christ-like, it's our goal to have us know the Word of God, Um, but another part of the purpose of this ministry is that not only do we know the Word of God, um, but that we can apply the Word of God in our lives and that we point to Christ each and every day. So let's look a little bit closer at respect. And I'm just going to read a few of these here. It means um, caring. It means to be understanding, to have regulation, to have rules, to have order, to be fair, to be moral, to uh, listen, to show equality, to show justice, a politeness. Those are all synonyms for the word respect. Now let's look at love. With love, it The synonyms for this are unconditional, ageless, trustworthy, limitless, faithful, uh, steadfast, um, what's another one, countless, to pull together. So those are words that when a person thinks of love, they might think of that. Um, So we have these two sides of the spectrum, just like our nuts and bolts, we have respect and we have love. And the way that a relationship is going to thrive and is going to become and do all that God created that relationship to do, or the couple has goals and ambitions and, and desires for their life together, the way that those things are going to come to pass at the greatest level is when love and respect are working together in the same way that a nut and a bolt works together. So I had said that we were going to look at some practical things. What we have put together for you on the website is a list of 10 ways to show love and respect. And within each one of these, there are three or four scripture references that um, support the point that we're trying to make, the action that shows love, the that shows respect. And I'm not going to go through all 10 of them, but I will go through some today um, that will help us, I think, to get the point. And these are ones that 
to be very honest, I'm still working on. I have not arrived in a lot of these areas. And um, I think my husband would agree with you as I share this first one. And this is um, showing respect and love by listening without interrupting. So little bit about me. I'm a type A personality. I love checklists. I love getting things done. I think um, very quickly um, and I like to just move things forward. So when I am in a situation where I'm in even a group meeting at work, I had to really work on this and Or when someone is talking and telling me about, you know, their idea or a plan or just even telling me a story, um, my mind races forward. And I'm not saying this is a good thing. I'm just saying this is, okay? So my mind will race forward and in my mind, I am finishing sentences and I'm way down the road, you know, solving problems and looking at um, what is about to be said from a perspective of how I can fix it, make it happen and move the thing along. But this is to my folly because the word of God in Proverbs 18.13 says to answer before listening, which is a lot of times what I'll do, like my husband's talking to me and telling me something, you know, he'll be pausing to pick the correct word. And my instinct is to, oh, there's a pause. Let me jump in and finish this sentence for you. Um, And so that's what will happen. But Proverbs here says to answer before listening is folly and shame. So this is a really stupid thing to do. It's, and I mean, you can see in the natural why it would be. I might misjudge. I might mischaracter. And the bottom line, it's just not respectful. When I am going to someone and asking their opinion or when we're having a conversation, it is disrespectful for me to be interrupting them and finishing their sentences for them and things. So um, you're probably getting the point, but I want to give you some more scriptural references for this so that you can really, you know, again, the point of our ministry is that you know the word of God and that you apply the word of God and that you point to Christ in everything that you do. Plus it's the word of God that's going to change us. So as I share these things, my belief is, is that if you're struggling in this area, these scriptures are going to help you to be able to recognize the need for change and then give you some resources and tools to change as his Holy Spirit moves upon his word. So um, let's go on. Proverbs 21, 28 talks about how a careful listener will testify successfully. Meaning if I'm in a conversation and I'm listening carefully, I will be able to participate in that conversation in a successful manner. I won't have frustrated anybody. And then uh, James 1, 19 and 20 says, my dear brothers and sisters. So here James is talking to you and me. Take note of this. So this is an important thing. Everyone should be quick to listen, 
slow to speak and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So God desires for us to walk in a way of righteousness and for us to approach life from a righteous perspective. And if we're not being quick to listen, but we're answering, we're interrupting, we're, we're sowing seeds of strife. That can be annoying. And so we're not becoming slow to help someone stay away from anger, we're actually speeding up that process. So um, I just think that's a really good scripture for all of us to meditate over if you're having, you know, a problem in this area. Um, And a practical thing is just as the person is talking and if they're maybe going slower than what your natural instinct um, desires, Just breathe. Just slow down your breathing and pay attention. Watch their lips and pay attention to what it is that they are saying because there's a good chance that they're going to give you something that you can really learn from that will be helpful and it will keep um, strife at bay. Okay, so that was one of the practical things. Um, Again, we gave you 10 on this resource list, so I'm going to skip over a few of those. Um, I do want to talk about pray without ceasing. In Colossians 1 and 9, it says, So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. So this is Paul. He's writing to the Colossian church. He had been there. He had ministered to the people, and he had left disciples there, and they were all growing in the grace of God. And it says here that Paul and his group, his disciples, the followers of Christ, have not stopped praying for the church in Colossae since they first began to hear of their exploits and what they're doing. And what are they praying? They're praying that God would give them complete knowledge of his will and that he would give them complete spiritual understanding and wisdom. So as I'm thinking about relationship and I'm thinking about how do we show love and how do we show respect, one of the ways that we can do that is from a position of our knees. And we can pray for the people that we are interacting with and we can ask God to give them a complete understanding of his spiritual wisdom, a complete understanding of the knowledge of his will for their lives. That's true love. If we want to see somebody succeed, if we want to see somebody fulfill the call of God on their lives, whether that's being a mother, a businessman, a preacher, an evangelist, you know, a teacher, whatever it is, showing love and respect is supporting them in the things that God has called them to do. So um, that that was in Colossians 1 and 9, that particular scripture. And then another one is Proverbs 15, 29, that says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. So this is another uh, prayer request that you can put before the Father is that those that we are showing our love to, those that we are showing our respect to, 
that they would fully walk in the righteousness of Christ, that they would fully walk surrendered unto Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. There are many people that are like unequally yoked, the Bible calls it. They're not married to a believer. The most respectful and the most loving thing that you can do if you're in that situation is to pray that that person would recognize their need for Christ, that they would then yield themselves to becoming his child. And as that happens, the righteousness that God has for our lives will become part of their lives. And that is the best thing that we can do for them. Another one here that kind of goes along the same way because uh, it's titled on the list, Extend Grace. What I'm talking about here is sort of doing unto others as you want them to do unto you. And I want to back up here a little bit um, and to help us to understand, I was just talking about praying for your spouse who may not be a believer. We all at one point were non-believers. We all at one point had to come to the understanding that our life was incomplete and God is the one that puts that seed into us to begin to understand that. Then he puts in us a yearning. This is all from the heart of God. He puts in us a yearning to explore this, to find out why. What am I missing? What do I need? And then he, by his Holy Spirit, reveals Jesus Christ to us, whether he has, you know, uh, someone come along and witness to us and tell us about Christ, whether he has us um, in a hotel room by ourselves, opening up the Bible that's sitting in the drawer and reading for the first time, whether we see something on television, however the Lord gets our attention, that is the grace of God being extended to us. He's giving us what we need, even when we don't deserve it, even when we may not realize that we need it. That is grace. So when we're talking about love and respect with each other, extending grace is like it says in Luke 6.31, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's very, very easy for us to judge other people's actions, judge my husband's actions, judge my wife's actions as being a negative thing, but if I were the one that made that mistake or did that, I would want them to overlook it, to give me grace, to just, you know, give me a pass on it. Doing unto others what you want them to do to you. That's extending grace. The Bible talks about in Ephesians 5 and 1, it says, Follow God's example, therefore, my dearly beloved children, and walk in the way of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So basically, walking in love means that we're not going to keep account of everything that's done wrong to us. Every time my husband might be concerned about 
you know, something going on at the job. And when he gets home, he's a little bit edgy. And I approach him with a question and he snaps at me. Not that my husband would ever do that, but I've done it to him. So we'll just put it, we'll flip that (laughs) example. But I need to overlook that. I need to not five days later still let that roll over in my mind and hold it against him. I need to extend him grace. I need to extend, and and I want him to extend that same grace to me. In Galatians 6, uh, verses 6 through 8, it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. A man reaps what he sows. A man reaps what he sows. A woman reaps what she sows. So if we're going to want grace given to us, then we have to sow grace. We have to plant the seed of grace. We have to overlook those things that would try and prick us the wrong way. We have to overlook. Now, I'm not talking about anybody staying in a situation that is dangerous for them or is harmful to them. I'm just talking about in everyday relationships, we all make mistakes. We all say the wrong thing. We all look cross-eyed at somebody else. We all have some facial expression that, you know, is... um, we can just take wrong, right? Those are the type of things that I'm I'm talking about where we want other people to show us grace. So we need to show these see sow these seeds of grace. It says, whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap, and they'll reap eternal life. We will re- reap a a relationship with God that is not hindered by any condemnation or behavior that we might have. So we've talked about listening without interrupting. We've talked about praying without ceasing. And we have talked about extending grace to others. As I mentioned, there are seven more Um, on our resource list, enjoy without complaining, trust without wavering, forgive without punishment. Woo, that's a hard one. Promise without forgetting, keeping your word is part of being respectful and loving. Answer without arguing. So these are all things that there's scriptural reference for. I encourage you to get the resource sheet, pull out your Bible, have an honest conversation with the Father about the areas that you want to see um, change in your own life. And we're talking about relationships this month. So you can even go and say, you know, in your prayer time, this is what I would like to see. But remember, the word says that what we sow, we reap. So it's it's important to extend yourself, extend your grace, pray for other people, and continue to just walk in a, a place of love, unconditional love, showing respect, showing honor where honor is due, even if their actions are not something that you would necessarily think earn respect, it's not about what people have earned. We didn't earn 
what Jesus Christ did for us. He gave us his life. He gave us salvation because he loved us first. We didn't earn that. We could never earn that. But he extended himself. He showed us love. He showed us the respect. He showed us that he wanted us to be part of the relationship by laying his own life down first. That's what I'm saying about doing for other people, laying our own lives down. So I hope this was a little bit helpful for you. The desire is that you will know God, apply God's word to your life, and point to Christ each and every day as we move through our lessons. Thank you.